It's time for JT the Brick. Raider Nation unite! We're a show based on fans. Embrace the culture, embrace the history of this organization. Feels like football. Man, you know, since I've been here, I've only had one winning season. So really, like, all the individual accolades don't really mean nothing when you don't win. That's a gritty, gutty win! Yeah, this is what I dreamed of, you know? This is this is what it's all about. We're not going backwards. We're going to do this right. Obviously, you know, that we would love to, you know, play in a... Super Bowl in our hometown. They hate you. They despise you. They think you're a bunch of thugs. JT the Brick. Who's the number one rival of the Broncos? The Raiders. Who's the number one rival of the Chargers? The Raiders. Who's the number one rival of Kansas City? Without question, the Oakland, LA, and now Las Vegas Raiders. Honestly, I don't care who I play against. I go out there. I don't discriminate. I treat everybody the same way when we, when we go out there. And I'm more concerned about what we're doing as a football team and what I'm doing personally. And now, your Las Vegas Raiders. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT live from TPC Summerlin. As we are at the Shriners Children's Open, and we are live on the driving range. And I I mean we are live on the driving range. So i got to get my radio voice down. Got to figure out my uh, my tone because we got some wind coming in. Every year we're in a cool spot. This year they put us on the driving range. So some of the greatest golfers in the world are only a few feet away. Uh, Mateo built a backdrop in case one of the golfers shanked it, which could actually kill us, not injure us, kill us. But I don't think that these golfers shank. So these are now, you ever go to a driving range and you're sitting in one of the stalls and you're three three down and all of a sudden you see a ball almost come at you? That's how we're close to these guys. So we're going to keep the radio voice going. I got to do a Raiders show. I interviewed the coach today. And the biggest story, I went to U2 last night. Oh, my God. I am going to sprinkle in the U2 story last night. A matter of fact, I'm doing a podcast on the sphere. I talked to someone about it. I was in the sphere last night for U2. Clearly the greatest venue I have ever been in in my life. And I've been all over the world to see the Rolling Stones. I've been in Europe. I've been throughout London to see concerts here at Madison Square Garden in New York, where I'm from, all up and down the West Coast, from the Rose Bowl all the way to the Hollywood Bowl, whatever it is, the Fillmore in San Francisco. Last night, I saw the masterpiece of all time in the sphere. We had general admission tickets on the floor. At one point, I felt like I was in the middle of the Vatican. They had a church scene over my head. Uh, Around me at times were lakes and mountains. I felt like I could actually reach in front of me and touch Bono. That's how close I got, but also pull back and feel the atmosphere of space because of those pixels and what was going on there. The music sounded indescribable. Here's my big takeaway if you're going to go to the Sphere. No no band can play the sphere unless they're great. Like, Vince Neil could never play the sphere. I used to like Vince Neil and Motley Crue. His voice is terrible. I just saw Axl Rose. Just saw Guns N' Roses. Axl's voice is hit or miss. You can't play that venue unless you are an, a super elite vocalist. Bono never sounded better. He lost 40 pounds for the tour and the show. He was fit. He was running around. They played all your favorites. And they played all your favorites with the best video setup. I was on the floor with my wife and one of my best friends. A couple of friends were in seats and had an unbelievable time. But overall, this was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I'll be telling you all about that as we open up the show. 702-365-9200. I was with the Raiders earlier today. 
and I'll get you all the information on the coach. We have a guest coming up here in a little bit that I have to get some information on. We'll jump into that coming up here in a little bit, and I'll tell you about what happened uh, with Coach McDaniels today. We'll play that tomorrow. But I'm excited. I'm excited for what the Raiders have in front of them. The New England Patriots are here. And with the New England Patriots, uh, they are a wounded animal. They are a wounded animal at this point, and they're coming in. And I, I'm assuming that they're going to play really good. I'm assuming they're going to play great. I'm assuming they're going to give us their best. And I have a feeling they are going to come in and want to destroy the Raiders. I don't think they have the ability to do that, nor do I think they'll do that. But I think they're going to come in here with the opportunity to make it happen. And I think the Raiders better worry about their energy, their excitement, and the start of this game. Because if they don't start fast, if they don't start fast, they're going to be in trouble. Because I've been saying all week, and here's my really big hook to this game. My hook to this game is if the Raiders don't start fast and Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones get going here and they play at a very high level, the Raiders are going to be in a little bit of trouble. This team is going to come in and be in a situation where they're going to want to come in and win the game and make a statement. So as that comes up, I look for the Raiders here to be careful. Did you hear what I said, Raider Nation? To be very careful early on in this game and make sure that Bill O'Brien doesn't have Mac Jones playing at a high level early. If he does have him playing at a high level early, I think Mac Jones is capable of having a really good game because his career is on the line in Las Vegas. Last year was a wild game. Remember Jacoby Myers, who's now on our team, threw the ball backwards to Chandler Jones, who's no longer on our team, and all that chaos went down, and the Raiders ended up winning that game. This is going to be a little bit different here because both teams aren't playing well offensively, and Mac Jones is playing at a terrible level where he's about to get benched. And if Mac Jones doesn't play better in one game, the Las Vegas Raider game coming up this Sunday, he could get benched and never get his job back. Not because of Bailey Zappi and Bailey Zappi's ability to come in and be the starter long term. But Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick will make it clear that they are going to get off of Mac Jones and go in a different direction in next year's draft. And they're going to have a higher draft pick and they're going to put resources into that, and they're going to go out and try to get it done. So that's how I see this happening. I think it's an incredible opportunity for the Raiders to get to 3-3. Three and three. I'd sound ridiculous if I told you that I like 3-3. Three and three. I don't like 3-3 three and three at all, but I believe that the Raiders, if they get to 3-3, three and three, can get to 4-3. and three. They can get to 4-4 four and four or 5-3. and three. They can get to 6-4, and four, which eventually can get them to 8 wins, but they have to beat the Patriots. So last week, for the first time, I told you it was a must-win to beat Green Bay. Hate using that term. I despise the term must-win. It, it's ridiculous to say that in week five. People laugh at you when you say that. But the whole league's upside down, from the Giants to the Jets. The Bengals are digging out of a hole. All these other teams around the league are a train wreck. And the Raiders have the ability to stabilize their schedule. Stabilize their schedule with the ability to jump in and play a great game. Now, for the Raiders not to have a game with over 20 points this year is shocking to me. The most the Raiders scored this year is in a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was 18 points. They lost that game 23-18. to They won the first game against Denver 17-16. They lost two in a row. At Buffalo, they only scored 10. They lost to the Chargers, only scored 17. And then they beat the Green Bay Packers by only scoring 17, winning 17-13. to Coming up are the Patriots, at the Bears, at the Lions, the Giants, and the Jets. This team has got to show 
that they can score points. They have one of the most critically famed play callers of all time with Josh McDaniels. And I know people are in their car going, what did he say? And you know what I'd like to say? I'd like them to get out of their car and come up to my face. You know what I'd say, Mateo, to their face? Josh McDaniels has won six Super Bowls as one of the greatest play callers in the history of the NFL. And I still have Raider fans that look at me and go, no. And I look at him in the eye and I go, what, do you, what don't you understand with six Super Bowl rings and Tom Brady and Gronk and all the plays they had with Julian Edelman and Welker and all that? And Raider fans can't let that sink in, that that's what's happening. So what I want to do to counter Mac Jones is, Bobby, we're going to play Jimmy Garoppolo here from yesterday. It was a short little press conference, but Jimmy's back. He's been back. He's out of concussion protocol. This is a big game for him because he hasn't played well this year, and he met the media yesterday. Oh, you, you saved him, man. What's up, everyone? Huh? You tripped us. What do you mean? Because you came out of the locker room, took a right. I had to get a water. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, nine targets uh, that you tapped into on, on Sunday. Um, I know every game kind of is unto itself, but is that ideally where you want you guys want to get to in terms of you, utilizing everybody? Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of you know good recipe for us. Just different guys getting yards, keeps the defense on their toes. Uh, you know, it makes it tough on those guys. So we got a lot of weapons, man. It's uh, it's my job to use them. I counted a bunch of them, and including yourself. All you guys are new to this team, basically, except for Devontae, maybe Hunter. So does it take a little while for, for you know, to get that all together? I think everything, it gets better with time, obviously. Just the more reps we get, the more we could talk about it just in the locker room together, little things like that. That's where uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, it's, it's done some good for us, but, uh, yeah, we still got room to grow, definitely. I mean, we're still pretty early in the season. But being able to connect with all these people and look for them, does that have a lot to do with your chemistry developing now and like that relationship? Chemistry, trust, I think those are the two two main things. Uh, yeah, I mean, we come out here, a lot of our routes have different options on them, so you got to trust that he, the receiver, tight end, running back, whoever it is, is seeing the same picture you're seeing. Once they're, they earn that trust as a quarterback, it makes your job so much easier because you can know that where they're going to be, trust that they're going to be in that spot, and that's when you can play fast. And just a completely random question, your t-shirt had a specific message. Did you purposely choose it? Say it again? That t-shirt you were wearing oh, yeah. coming in, was there a reason for it or was that, <laughs> did you just like it? <laughs> uh, honestly, I just like the design. Uh, it was, I don't even know what it said. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, French. It just, uh, I thought it looked cool, honestly. Yeah, I'm pretty simple with uh, when it comes to that. <laughs> You get Michael Mayer twice in the first quarter, and then you got Hooper involved later in the game as well. How big is it getting the tight ends into the game plan and involving them in the game? It's, uh, it's something that we haven't done a lot of, so I think it was a nice little change-up for us. Uh, like I said before, it keeps the defense on their toes. They have to cover everybody, and, uh, yeah, those guys, they, they run hard with the ball, man, so we just got to get in their hands. You've had less time this year uh, sometimes in throwing the ball. What adjustments have you had to to make, whether it's your internal clock or, or maybe adjustments that you have to do with, with what you want to do with your guys? Uh, I mean, getting the protection right, obviously where it starts, the communication part of it, but uh, just being decisive with it, I think. Knowing where I'm going with the ball, having to plan pre-snap and reacting to what they do post-snap. Uh, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but yeah, just uh, if you have a plan, you could usually, you know, get rid of the ball pretty quickly. You and the Belichick obviously know each other pretty well. Do you enjoy these kind of chess matches? you try and surprise them, things that I think it would be pretty hard to surprise Coach. You know, he's, he's been in this league for a while. Obviously, you know, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, he's seen just about everything. So, we'll, uh, you know, we'll do what we do. Um, 
I'm sure we'll have a couple of wrinkles here and there. I'm sure they will too. But yeah, that's kind of the chess match uh, when you play against a former coach. I've learned it's it's fun though, man. You got you got to embrace it and make the best of it. Are you shocked with the way things are going in New England right now? Because it hasn't been often seeing them that way through the last two decades. Uh, I think it is what it is. You know, they uh, they've been in some close games though. You know, it's could get skewed by if you just look at the record. But when you look a little more in depth into it. You know, they're a good team. They've uh, they've been in close games with some good teams, so we got to uh, we got to come correct here on Sunday. Obviously, a Monday night football games gives you gives you an extra day of pre- preparation the week before, but now you get a, de- a day less to get ready for this one. How do you go into the week planning that way? Uh, I think the coaches do a great job. They uh, they have a good plan for us this week. You know, getting the stuff down today, and then tomorrow's gonna be a big day for us. Just. Uh, is what it is, man. Uh, yeah, it, season's always weird, so you just got to adapt and, you know, play, hit it on the run. Tay has talked a lot about that winning mentality. When I asked him earlier about it, he said that, yeah, it was good to win, but he feels like there's still a dominating effect that's needed with the win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, whenever you win, it's always a good feeling. It's hard to win in this league, but you want to be perfect. I think as an offense, we're trying to always push for that. Just the little details that we could tone in on. Uh, if we could get those knocked down, I mean, we could really uh, do some damage, but it's just about us, man. we got to get ourselves right before anything. That is Jimmy Garoppolo, who's one of the nicest, most pleasant men in all of Southern Nevada. Everybody seems to like him. I like him a lot. I would like to see him perform better. I'd like to see Jimmy Garoppolo play at the level I was told he'd play at when he signed here. And Derek Carr moved on. I think he has the ability to be better in the red zone. We have not seen that yet. So it's now on Jimmy Garoppolo, who I only have great things to say about, to start playing better quarterbacks so the Raiders can win some games. I have the two international patient ambassadors for the Shriners Children's Hospital with me, Gianna and Juan Diego. Thanks so much for coming. Ladies first, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You sound great. Juan Diego, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Gianna, we'll start with you. What has the Shriners meant to you from your surgery to the experience you had before and after? Shriners has meant the world to me. They have truly become a family. And every time I go up to the uh, medical center in Pasadena, I am truly grateful for everything they do. Well, tell us about your scenario and what brought you to Shriners. I was born with PFFD, which is proximal femoral focal deficiency. My femur bone was malformed. And at only a few months old, I got my left leg amputated above the knee. And after that, you were only a few months old going through your entire life with this and Shriners having the support in your family. It's given you this beautiful life now where you're a brand ambassador here. You're able to walk around this beautiful golf course. Tell us how your life has changed for the better. My life has changed for the better in so many ways. I'm able to go out every day, do everyday activities. I'm able to play sports. I play tennis at my high school. Wow. Okay. And you're from Southern California. Whereabouts? Uh, Orange County. So between LA and San Diego. And where do you go to high school? Santa Margarita Catholic High School. Good for you. And you play on the tennis team. Yes. Fantastic. Superior athlete Juan Diego, tell us about your backstory from Honduras and how Shriners came to meet you. So I was born and raised in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. And in 2018, five years ago, I had an accident with a high voltage wire on a building under construction. 
Since then, I passed through several surgeries back home in Honduras for three months. But after a while, the doctors were like really limited. They were like, you know, we can't do anymore with Juan Diego. Like his situation is really hard uh, to be treated. So you should look for other options outside of the country. And my family, with that, well, along the doctors, they started to look for other possibilities outside of the country. And they discovered Shriners Children's. And, you know, I came to Shriners Children's after a month since 2018. And, you know, it's uh, the rest is history, man. Tell us about the injury and how it changed your life and how Shriners helped with the surgeries. You know, it, it affected me a lot because it kind of make you uh, start your life over mm -hmm. because it happened when I was 13 years old. And that means 13 years where I was already used to use my 10 fingers and suddenly they were taken away, you know, with the bandages and then to adapt how to uh, eat again, go to the bathroom, ride and lots of stuff. You know, I on my daily life, I was... 99% dependent on my parents to do everything for me, you know, so that's how it changed my whole life. And for sports and the ability to do what you want to do and do things with your friends now, do you feel like Shriners and the surgeries and the quality of the doctors and the support after the surgeries really is an important part of your life going forward? Yeah, so what I tell people is that Shriners is one of the biggest reasons why Juan Diego is Juan Diego today, you know? Like, they are the reason why I'm an independent young man today. Like, just on my, not just for my daily life, but also to play sports. Like, I can play soccer. I'm getting into football now. Good for and you. And, like, imagine that tomorrow I'm going to play golf. So, the, it's all thanks to Shriners. Fabulous. Before we get back to Gianna, who's your football team? I, I would assume you have a local soccer team in Honduras, correct? Yeah. So, my football team... You know, it was funny because I went to the Boston uh, Hospital, and you were recently talking bad about the Patriots. Oh, yeah, oh! I, I was getting what? a little bit yeah, mad. Yo, you know we're playing the Patriots this Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So you're a Patriot fan. That's okay. Yeah, I, I have to be a Patriots fan. I because, have no you know, problem with that. Yeah. They've been a very successful franchise, yeah. and they had an impact on you as you were going through your surgeries in Boston. Yeah. That's a good story about how to become a fan. Yeah, and also because of the you know the whole environment in Boston, they were like, you have to be Patriots and that kind of it's stuff. It's a great sports town, isn't it? Yeah. It's, fantastic. It's, it's fantastic, yeah. Please, Gianna, tell me you're not a Patriots fan. Who's your team? I'm not a Patriots oh, fan. But thank it's you. Hard to break it to you, but I'm a Chiefs fan. So. You're a Chiefs no fan? No way. What is going on here at the Shriners? I got a Chiefs fan and I got a Patriot fan as our international ambassadors to Shriners Children's and the Open. Wow. Yeah. Oh, tell me about your history with the Chiefs. Um, a few years ago, I started watching football. It was my first time ever really watching it and paying attention to it. And okay. I feel like by chance it was the Chiefs on. And back then it was uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, oh. Hill, and... Or style of the play. You love the it. style of the play. It's a beautiful style of play. Yes. Are you buying into this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey story? Or you think that's media made? It's fake? What do you think of that? I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that, but I wish them <laughs> the best. Okay. That is a, that's a brand ambassador. No comment and all that. Hey, as we wrap it up, I've been uh, hosting this show here for a very long time. I come every year, and I'm just so inspired by what you're going through. But here's the key, the ability for you to go back and tell younger children, and I'll start with you, Juan Diego, a, a young child has an injury or an accident or something happens, and they need to be brave to go through all this. You've yeah. been through it. What would you tell the young child and their parents that's about to connect with Shriners? I mean, first of all, I would tell them that, you know, 
don't be afraid because you're in good hands. Like for for you, like you just have to be, you know, as you say, you have to be brave. You have to uh, kind of uh, be encouraged to, I don't know how to say, it, like face these obstacles. Sure. Like, nobody says it's going to be easy, but like where you can rest is in the trust in Shriners because you're in good hands and, you know, from from then, like, if they do everything in, on you, it's just on the attitude, you know? Well, you're two of the bravest people I know. What are the next? I'll wrap it up with the same question for both of you. I'll start with you, Gianna. What are your next goals and achievements? College, what are, what are you thinking about over the next few years here? I know that's a heavy question, but I know you have the answer. Yeah, so I'm looking to go work in the sports industry in the NFL, so I'll probably go to a college close to an NFL headquarters, try to get into wow, it. Wow, that's fantastic. Anything we can do to help you with the Raiders here, the Las Vegas Raiders, internships or anything like that, I think they'd be proud to have you involved at the organization if we can help. Thank you. What about you, my friend? So right now I'm in college. I'm missing two years to graduate. I'm majoring on international relations, so I'm looking forward to graduating that. Have uh, my orientation in diplomacy, you know, be uh, an ambassador. But this time, right now, I'm an ambassador for uh, Shriners, and but uh, in that future, maybe be an ambassador for Honduras, you know, that kind of stuff. I think of being an ambassador for Honduras is a tremendous goal to have in life. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on with me. Ooh. Thank you. Stay here for a second. I appreciate it very much. When we Thank come you. back, uh, Lee Sterling will join us here in a little bit. Johnny Katz, our entertainment insider, about you 2 and what we saw last night and some of the big events coming up this weekend. As you know, we have the Golden Knights in town. The Raiders are in town. NASCAR's in town. We told you to get your NASCAR tickets over at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And Mark Davis and Larry Delson and our great friends have the Las Vegas Aces on the verge of a world championship Live from the Shriners Children's Open. Always excited for the players to have success. Again, I spoke about it. I feel like we're teachers, just happen to teach football. So anytime you see guys have some success on the football field, whether it's in practice, in the meeting room, when a guy gets the concept, you know, we're going through New England right now and just making sure they understand who we're about to play. So there's always some excitement in terms of being proud of them, you know, reaping the benefit of all the hard work they put in. So, again, we got a tough matchup this week against New England, and, you know, we started the process already in the meeting room. and. I'm just always excited. I, get, I find the, the, the pleasure in that, them getting uh, the topic we're talking about and seeing them execute. That's Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. JT out at the Shriners Children's Hospital Open at TPC Summerlin. I uh, really want to thank Juan Diego and Gianna. I just posted a picture on Twitter at JT the Brick. You can see both of those two brand ambassadors there and very inspiring people. You know, every year they bring out a couple of patients who have had surgeries and have moved on in their lives, and they make them ambassadors so they can help spread the word of the Shriners and that the importance that they have. I love being a part of this community. I love being a part of this event because you can see the difference that this event makes in the city of Las Vegas, the donation, the fact that the PGA Tour has a real golf event here with a big purse, exemptions to the Masters, U.S. Open if you win here, and I'm looking forward to after after today to take a walk around. Hey, tonight go to La Casa Cigars in Tivoli Village. That's where I hang out on Thursday nights. 
for Thursday Night Football. Interesting game coming up here in the AFC West we'll get into. But if you're looking for a great cigar, an unbelievable whiskey or a bourbon, unbelievable time and live music. I'm telling you, every Thursday I've been there, the live music's been great. Mike and his team over at Tivoli Village at La Casa Cigars, great place to go hang out. I love it for Thursday night football and weekends out. So we, we just hear from Patrick Graham. I haven't heard from one Raider fan, as Mateo's my engineer today. Let me tell you this. Been doing this 25 years with the Raiders. Put some respect on that man's name if you're a Raider fan. I got an open line for you. I got an open line for your buddies, all your Raider fans, everybody who's been ripping this guy. And now it's the third highest ranked defense since 2000. And three for the Raiders. And not one person has called me in two weeks saying, Hey, JT, want to tell you, bravo, Patrick Graham. Thank you. Thank you for carrying the team with the defense and doing a good job. Where are the Patrick Graham calls? You can only call in when he's not doing well, right? Where are the Patrick Graham tweets? Show the guy some respect. That's all we ask on this show. Try to be consistent. If you're going to be angry and mean and upset about something, if something changes, let us know how it changed. Patrick Graham from Yale, from Yale, puts together a defense now. He's gone upstairs. He's in the booth right next to where we are. I see him during the game. He's there with his coaching staff, and for whatever reason, the defense is buying in now. The defense is buying in at a very high level, and I'm not saying this is a great defense. I I told a couple of people at the Raiders throughout the last couple of days, I, I guess I see all the bad plays. I saw Marcus Peters laying off some guy by like 12 yards on a little seven-yard completion. I'm like, whoa, what was that? I saw Meek Robertson on the last play of the game get burned. He got beat at the line of scrimmage. Game could have been over, but he made a great play. I saw a lot of defensive tackles who are not doing the job that they should do to help Max Crosby. I don't see all the great plays, but now that I go back and look at the tape and I watch the game again, oh, my God, Spillane? Now, Spillane had two interceptions. One was thrown right to him because he was in the right spot, read the quarterback's eyes, read Jordan Love's eyes, fantastic play the other one was on a tip drill and he got the tip and the third interception was Amik Robertson uh, Rob so he had, yeah you got all those plays that have happened here and when I asked coach McDaniels today one of the questions about the swagger of the defense and Amik is that what happens if he plays himself into the lineup and the coach actually enjoyed answering that question coach McDaniels and his staff believes that if you outperform one of your teammates in practice you can get more snaps and play And I said, well, let's stay on that, coach, and tell me how that works out. And he went into detail that they they grade every practice. Every practice, every walkthrough is on film. The coaches, the scouts, Dave Ziegler's department grade all that. And then they make a decision if you're going to play or not. So a guy like Tyree Wilson, why do you think he doesn't have 90% of the snaps? He's not good enough yet. Malcolm Kuntz, why doesn't he have all the snaps? He's not good enough yet. Max Crosby doesn't come off the field. So my point of emphasis today and my call to action for you is who becomes the star of this Patriot game? I can't figure it out. I thought it would be Daniel Carlson maybe, but he missed two out of three. He missed two out of three from 50. He's my guy. Who's going to be the star of this game? Is it going to be Jimmy G? Is it going to be Josh Jacobs? Is it going to be Mad Max again? Do you see a player that's going to jump in because of the matchup? with the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick squad, led by Bill O'Brien, the play caller with Mac Jones, possibly playing his final game as the Patriots starter. 
do you see a player on the Raiders' offense or defense that should have a standout game? Because I don't know anybody who called me last week and said Robert Spillane was going to get two interceptions. He's had one in his career. He got two in that game. I'll go first. I think the guy that's going to have the big game here overall on the offensive side of the ball is Jacoby Myers. I think Devontae's coming back from being banged up. He's healthy. And we have some Devontae sound upcoming. I think that Jacoby Myers, because of the matchup, knowing his former teammates, practicing against them, knowing their tendencies from their linebackers to their safeties and corners, he's going to be able to find some holes there and connect with Jimmy G. Two games so far this year that the Raiders won, and they only won two. Jacoby Myers is the star of the game. He was the elite wide receiver in the win. Now, granted, there weren't a lot of offensive great moments in that game, but Jacoby had them. And then in the win against Denver, Jacoby had the touchdowns there. So I'm moving my chips into the table on the guy who turned the ball over last year for the New England Patriots, threw it to Chandler Jones, and the game was lost. I think Jacoby's going to have 10-plus receptions. He's going to go over 90 yards, and he's going to have two touchdowns. Because also, your buddy JT the Brick in the third person, I'm calling for 30 points in this game. The Raiders have not scored over 20 points. They're the only team in football that hasn't done it. This, ladies and gentlemen, needs to be the breakout game. So I expect the Raiders to have a big game. I expect two touchdowns from Jacoby. I have 10 receptions for him, and I think the Raiders roll over the New England Patriots. Let's get out to Ira in Tennessee if he's available. Ira, thanks for holding. Start us off. How are you? Uh, thank you, JT, for taking my call. Um, I want to call up and, and congratulate the defense, and I'm impressed with how the defense has been playing. I've been a Raiders fan for over 20 years, and this is the best, I would say, the best defense, as you mentioned, since 2003. And, in fact, the defense is so good, I actually picked them up uh, on my fantasy team this week. I let go of the uh, Carolina Panthers defense to pick up the uh, Raiders' defense in fantasy, and I'm I'm all all on board with his defense. I think Crosby and Tyree Wilson are going to have breakout games this year or at this this Sunday against the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots really look like a team that the Raiders should be able to throttle, but the Raiders haven't been scoring offensively. So you believe Tyree Wilson's the guy who's going to wake up? He should. I think that that there's not a. a um, a superior player that he's going up against in this rotation, and this could be a breakout game for him. I'd agree with you. I think he could have uh, two or three sacks this game, JT. Well, I appreciate the call. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd go with two or three, but if he if he had a sack, I'd be pretty happy. Or a sack and a half here. If Tyree has a breakout game, look, a lot of people are evaluating Tyree Wilson now because he's a high draft pick. He was number seven overall. You need impact from guys who are taken like that. Those guys can't take two or three years to develop. I thought Dave Ziegler did a good job drafting him, knowing he was injured, knowing he was going to get healthy. Uh, they worked him beautifully in the offseason to get him healthy, so he played in Dallas in the final preseason game, and he's been ready to go. But as we noticed with Tyree Wilson, in the first couple of games, he wasn't jumping off the line of scrimmage. He wasn't getting a burst. And was that because he was confused with the offenses he was going up against and the schemes? I don't know how you could be confused if you're Tyree Wilson. You got one job. Pin your ears back and get after the quarterback and also do a pretty good job on the other side, making sure you contain the outside and don't leave that open so someone can get around the edge. Tyree Wilson's a big boy, man. 
Uh, this guy played at a high level his whole life. He, he has to know two things, how to rush the quarterback and how to contain. That's it. And if he stops to run, it's a bonus. But I think he has to have a really big game coming up. Someone's got to help out Mad Max Crosby. Someone, and they all have pride, have got to step up and help out Mad Max Crosby. Come on, man. Max is doing enough here. Help him out, will you? Your friendly neighborhood Raider man checking in on a gorgeous Thursday in Vegas. Raider man, what's happening? We're coming off a win. What's going on, JT? You had to come and tell in bases, man. I'm out here roaming around the city of Hayward, California. I'm with Black Hole Robbie's cousin, Black Hole Sting, man. We're doing our best to, to put down a new foundation of, of a place, a little new Black Hole spot where us over here on the East Bay can hang out and enjoy our team together the way we used to do it, man. We're doing our best to keep the foot to the grindstone and keep this family tradition going, man. You know, it's a little tough, but uh, you know me. I'm undaunted. I'm hoping you're having a great day out there. I'm glad you're talking about my defense. You know what I mean? I don't call in and hype up the coaches too much because, you know, it's, it's coaches' job to put players in position to make plays. I tend to concentrate on what I see moving around on the field, and I've been trying to tell you over these last few weeks, man, what I see happening out there, especially at the linebacker position. You know, I tend to hype up number five, but 41 ain't no jive, man. It's freight trains playing, but out there making havoc. And he's fun to watch, but I mean, it just see that the, the, the defense – is, uh, is, is uh, that, that attitude is permeating our defense. And I keep hearing people take shots at Marcus Peters, you know, about the shot, the soft coverage. Not just you in particular, but, you know, it was something that was clear and evident. He was playing way off the ball too much. But what I saw was a veteran adjustment because what I think that I saw was Marcus Peters decided, you know what, damn that. I'm not playing it that way. I'm playing it my way and it ended up in the same result that he's used to. So maybe they're kind of starting to click in, in, in Patrick Graham's system and starting to realize what their uh, true positions are, and they're starting to kind of fall into their roles and just do what they're asked to do. I mean, you see what's happening to Trayvon Merrick, even one-handed. That dude is starting to snatch in picks. So he's starting to look like that, that you know, uh, potential first-round pick that he was uh, touted to be. But I'm glad that we were able to pick him up in the second round and we're taking the time to develop that guy. So, uh, you know what I mean? I don't want to hold you too long, but what I do want to do before we go into this weekend, because I can't guarantee I can call tomorrow, and I just want to remind the Raider fans of one thing. It's the Raider Oak, because we've been battered and bruised, and we've moved and come back. But our colors don't change. We're silver and black, and this commitment to excellence starts up every year, and no powers on earth will drown out this cheer. So I pledge allegiance to the flag of our mighty silver and black and unto these colors for which we stand, Raider Nation, under a groove, with free speech and liberty, remember the tools. He who has ears, let him hear. I hereby declare, tell him, Stan, I'm a Raider fan. <laughs> That's All how we do baby. All day, baby. Twice on Sundays. We see what we're looking at you, JT. Take care, Raider man. Appreciate it. Anybody connected to Rob Rivera? And Black Hole Rob, man, special place in my heart. Love getting calls about Black Hole Rob and the Black Hole. Go to theblackhole.com, become a member. I was talking to my buddy John, who's got the new Josh Jacobs jersey. He has a cigar for me at the Black Hole. And uh, we were just bonding, having a Modelo at the game. And I said, how easy is it to become a member of the Black Hole? And I just got to click on a link. And then you're accepted into the Black Hole. You can go to Miami, Chicago. Walk into their tailgates, get discounts, get points, get to rewards, get merchandise, and then tell everybody you know the rest of your life you're a member of the Black Hole. That's what Rob Rivera wanted. He wanted inclusive. He wanted fans to be from all around the world to have one thing in common, the Black Hole. Be a member. Go to theblackhole.com. When we come back, Lee Sterling, who's been rolling with us this year, 
is going to give you three games for free. You want to hear what he's got? Here we go. He was 2-1 and one last week. 2-1 and one last week. He gave you Pittsburgh outright and San Francisco in a blowout over the Cowboys. He's going to give you Notre Dame, USC, North Carolina, Miami, and Detroit versus Tampa Bay in the NFL for free. You don't want to, you don't want to miss these picks. They're coming up next. JT from the Shriners Children's Open. Taylor to the right of Love, two receivers each way. Shotgun snap, three-step drop, eyeing the middle, pressure up the middle. Love, out of the pocket, throws downfield for the end zone, intercepted! Amik Robertson in the back corner, picks it off in front of Watson, and the Raiders' defense just seals the victory here in Vegas. That's Jason Horowitz on the call, really good call on that play. And I was in that Modelo Cantina lounge section in the lower bowl when that ball left his hands right in front of me, and I followed it. And I have to admit, I did not have confidence in Amik. I thought he got beat. I thought he got beat, and then he had the makeup speed to go up and look like something out of the Matrix. As he as he went up for the ball, he kept going higher and higher and caught it and turned around and made the catch. That was an outstanding football play, and the Raiders win the game. The great Lee Sterling joins us from Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. What a fantastic year, another 2 and one week. And, Lee, not only Pittsburgh outright, which was kind of a bizarre one when you initially said it, but you called San Francisco in a blowout, and I didn't see that happening. You had good information. Yeah, this San Francisco team is a runaway train right now. You want to stop them, you better be really good in all facets of the game, and their coaching staff second to none also. All right, let's get to the games as we jump in here with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. We both like to talk about our kids. Your daughter's singing the anthem for the Raider game at Chicago. Uh, My son will be on the sideline at Notre Dame with Tim Brown this weekend. My son, (laughs) Notre Dame USC, as he's there with Timmy. This is a big game here because Notre Dame, what am I missing here with this number where it opened? Get our listeners up to speed here because I thought USC was far superior of a football team than Notre Dame. Well, home field advantage probably accounts for three points, and I think a lot of people just don't believe in this USC team here, especially their defense. Here's two stats, one that everyone seems to know and one that is hidden. USC, clearly, one of the top two or three offenses in the country. Caleb Williams will probably be the number one pick, maybe the best quarterback in the country, but this is a shocker. USC ranks number eight in the country in sacks, so... They may give up some points, but they also are looking for turnovers, and they get to the quarterback. Sam Hartman was sacked five times last week at Louisville here. They create havoc, does USC on the defensive line. Notre Dame's offense, nothing special, 21 and 20 points the last two weeks. In fact, Sam Hartman, three touchdowns, just three interceptions here. Notre Dame 0-5 run here is a home favorite here. The wrong team is favored. I like USC outright here. 37-30. So do I. I mean, I don't bet, as you know. I have I have the best handicappers in the world on, including you. I love USC in this game. I think USC's playing for their lives in this, this game. This is a four-straight tough game for Notre Dame. They played out. Yeah. Wow. Okay, North Carolina minus three and a half against 
Miami. This is interesting, what happened with Miami not taking the knee, the embarrassment to the program that you're deeply invested in. You're deeply invested in this program and an outright embarrassment on not taking the knee and losing the game to Georgia Tech. I don't know what to say about this team. Did they use that as motivation to bounce back, or did that just take them out mentally and they're done? If it happened at the end of the season, I mean, these kids, there would be outrage. I think the kids, you would see a bunch of kids transfer, but their goals are still out in front of them. I think they're going to take their frustration out on North Carolina. If Miami had won that game, and they turned the ball over five times in the rain, Georgia Tech was coming off the bye, played the best game of their lives. If Miami wins, this is a pick game. You're getting three and a half points as a bonus. North Carolina has played no one. This will be the best offense, the best defense, the best special teams that they faced here. And, I mean, even App State scored 34 points on them. I think Miami's going to come to play. Series host 0-3 against the spread last three games. They can talk about everyone's fired up in Chapel Hill. Getting fired up in Chapel Hill, that's like a a bonfire with ten people around. I like Miami outright, 34-30. All right, let's get to an NFL game here for all our listeners. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Go to the website. It's incredible. He's transparent. He puts all his picks up there, right or wrong, normally right. You can all see it there at ParamountSports.com. Detroit minus three to minus three and a half, depending on where you bought it, against Tampa Bay. You know I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. The Raiders have Detroit in a couple of weeks in Detroit on Monday Night Football. I like Jared Goff. I think he doesn't have a big ceiling, but he's a really consistent winner here. I think Detroit's a hell of a team, but they haven't matured to the point where everybody can just pick them automatically, and I'm a Baker guy. How do you see this game? I agree. Baker, I think, finally might get it. He's just distributing the ball to playmakers. Chris Godwin, eight receptions, 114 yards last week. And the defense, 10 takeaways this year, at least two in every game. They're coming off a bye. You know they'll be ready here. I think this is going to be a rock 'em sock 'em. I mean, absolute war here at the line of scrimmage. And Detroit could be without one of their starting linemen. Gibbs, their change of pace running back and really good out of the backfield. And possibly their best receiver here. I like Tampa Bay outright 17-16. Tampa Bay outright 17-16. That score sounds a little low to me, but I know you have information there and you know what's happening, so I'll go with you on that. Finally, the game of the week, which I think is a monster the Cowboys got embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed by the 49ers. And the Chargers are coming off the bye week. I just saw the Chargers get shut out in the second half by the Raider defense and almost give that game with their head coach, Boy Blunder. They almost gave it to the Raiders here. I think it's a must-win for the Cowboys to stay close to Philadelphia and the 49ers long-term for the postseason. But I know the Chargers got a good roster, Lee, and eventually they're going to start winning. This is your game of the week. How do our listeners get it? Well, anyone wants to get it, just call right now, 800-400-9741. First 10 callers get it for free, 800-400-9741. And how about this? We have not lost a Thursday night game since the beginning of the NFL season. I have what's called my Thursday night thriller. You can get a game tonight. It's a big 30-unit best bet, just $25. One place, ParamountSports.com. Thank you, Lee. Talk to you next week. Always appreciate you. Thanks, JT. There's Lee Sterling all the way from Miami uh, joining us there. That's interesting what he thought about Detroit. That's a low-scoring game. 
I'm going to be watching Chicago. You know, we talked about the Chicago Bears. Chicago put up 40 last week. The Raiders are playing them. The Raiders haven't put up 20 in a game this year. For everybody who's calling me and telling me, hey, JT, Raiders are going to win three out of the next four, four out of the next five. And I always say, what, Chicago? You think that's a lock? They just scored 40. The Raiders got to score more than 30 against the New England Patriots. If they're able to do that, it'll wake them up and they'll catapult them into Detroit on Monday Night Football. Here's Greg in Sacramento. Greg, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Thanks for being patient. Hey, JT. Thank you, brother, for getting me on. Uh, I want to call, man. JT, you always have the best interviews on. It was the other day. Oh, somebody tried to take me out. The other day I was, uh, you had a great interview where uh, someone was talking about the Pats, about Belichick and Josh McDaniels and how they're used to their players. Um, always, you know, being disciplined and greatness and how that's a frustrating thing for them. I thought that was such a great interview and just a great insight um, from one of your guys. I, I meant to, I tried to call in that day, didn't get in, but I wanted to say that, JT, you always got these guys with Thank you. great insight, and I, and I appreciated that. Um, I wanted to also say, too, I, when I, I got on Q's show and I gave Patrick Graham the, my game ball when he was asking who the game ball because I'm, I'm just like, like you said, JT, I was very critical of, of, of Pat Graham. Um, but when you go back and you look at the film, the defense has got better every week. You know, for him to have, you know, usually leaders want to put more hands, more of their hands in the pot, even when things are a little shaky. And I and I liked him just being on it and saying, hey, look, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to get a better view from there. And ever since then, I mean, this defense has been dialed in and playing for him. So I definitely give Patrick Graham his, uh, his kudos on that. And for my guys who I think are going to be the outliers, the outstanding players in this, I think from deep, I got two. One on defense, I think Malcolm Kuhn. I've been hearing just Max Crosby talk about him so much every time he talks about the other guys on the defensive line and watching the film. He's, he's got a lot of pressures when he's in there. And I think Malcolm Kuhn is going to have a sack in the game. And offensively, I think this is the Jimmy G coming out party. Mm-hmm. I think with Jimmy G, his coach, Josh McDaniels, who knows this offense, with running into the Patriots at the right time, I got Jimmy G going for 275 with three touchdowns on a come-out party for this offense. Thank you, JT. Have a Thanks great day. Thanks for the call. You know, I would be really disappointed if Jimmy G didn't have a big game. I really would be because if he doesn't have a big game against the Green Bay Packers, which we just had on Monday Night Football and the New England Patriots, I don't want to say I'm completely wrong about Jimmy G. I'm 100% in his corner like I have been for all the quarterbacks. Derek Carr when he was here the majority of the time. I want Jimmy G to do really well. I think he's a good guy and a very good quarterback. He's a winner. He's a competent quarterback, very good in the red zone, not a deep ball guy, but he's got to win games. He's, he's not winning games yet for the Raiders and playing well. And could it be because he was concussed? Let's remember he had offseason surgery. He missed a lot of the offseason, and he suffered a concussion this year. Is that an excuse? I guess it is. The guy missed a lot of time, and he got concussed. But now he's cleared. He's ready to go. He did not play well on Monday night football. I was surprised by that. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play well against the New England Patriots at home. That's why they brought him in. A lot of the guys left New England, the coaching staff, and came to the Las Vegas Raiders for an opportunity to have a bigger role. A head coach, then a head coach brings in other coaches and elevates them. Now it's time for these coaches to step up with Jimmy Garoppolo, open up the playbook, and be explosive. When I talked to Josh McDaniels earlier today, we spent probably 70% of the interview talking about defense because the defense got a swagger now. But when I asked him about Jimmy Garoppolo, he reminded me, nine players touched the ball in the last game. Nine. That's not perfect because a lot of the players didn't have big games, such as Hunter Renfro. Michael Mayer got a couple of targets. 
Devontae only had four receptions. But it's never going to be perfect. Nine guys touched the ball in that game, and fans are still blanking and moaning that it's not enough. Everybody wants perfection. I don't. I just want better play. I want these guys to play at a higher level offensively so the tickets become more entertaining at the game, the fans have more fun, and we're seeing more offensive football, over-the-top football. Let's get more of that. I want to thank Tommy White and the 872 Laborers. Saw a gentleman out here with the 872 on a sweatshirt, went up to him and thanked him for all they do. The union in town that builds everything on time and on budget and continues to make Las Vegas grow. One of the great weekends in, in Vegas is this weekend with everything in town. Get outside and enjoy it, everybody, as we're live from the Shriners Children's Open. 